0: What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast. Episode 10. We're finally here. Episode 10. It's a very, very important milestone to me. I'm um, not sure why because, you know, episode 100 or something like that will probably be more important, but right now this is first 10 episodes. I've had a lot of fun doing this so far, and I want to keep it going for a long time. Um, so there's not a ton to talk about this week. I wanted to talk about uh, UFC 249 right now. There, You know, there is some things to talk about right now um, in sports, but uh, a lot of it's like, you know, the the... 2k tournament for sports you know what I mean or for uh, for basketball um and I'm not going to talk about that because I feel like it's just not something worth covering but I just thought I should put out there why I wouldn't talk about something like that um I did however I did read an article recently about uh, UFC 249 um and the cancellation of it and the, the future for some of the the big athletes and the big fighters that were in the uh the talks for this whole uh, event but we'll see and i also want to talk about fight island which i think is a really cool idea and i don't think is very dumb um and it could actually be a great idea and a great uh money maker for the ufc so well uh, let's just get right into it so right away i read an article um by brett akamoto uh, mark Rem- ramondi and jeff wagaman i uh, i tried my best to pronounce their names they all have very unique names anyway so in this article i read that um like all the all these writers, they, they all felt um the same way. They had their same they had their opinions, but um they, they all felt uh, basically the same way. Was you know they, you need to promote Tony Ferguson, and um, and Justin Gaethje, because uh, t- especially Ferguson, but um, Ferguson d- deserves all the attention in my eyes because he was willing to change his game plan, change, you know, everything about the fight and about the event that made the event super special um, with Khabib versus uh, Tony. But um, he was willing to do all that, which just shows that, you know, he – is the kind of fighter that the ufc wants you know somebody who's willing who's down to fight whenever wherever and whoever pretty much and he was just i i found it i i was i had a lot of respect for tony ferguson especially after i found out you know he was like yeah let's just fight you know i don't care let's do it and um i just feel like he deserves all the attention and um and all that uh the way they could really go about this though uh, especially with um like the cancellation of this whole event um, and to really keep the hype around this whole uh, event alive is you need to promote Tony Ferguson. You know, everybody knows Khabib Nurmagomedov Medoff and that he's a killer and everybody knows that Tony Ferguson is one of the great fighters in the UFC right now. But um, with him just being so down with wanting to fight somebody else that he, he deserves the hype, you know. Um, ESPN should, or not the ESPN, but um, the UFC should promote Tony Ferguson and make fans more familiar with him um, and promote his recent fights and just show the world how, ma- how amazing and talented fighter he is, um, which he really is. And um, Tony Ferguson's already a star, but uh, the UFC should really, you know, maybe compensate him for, um, with some money for uh, the whole cancellation of this just because based off of his willingness to fight Gaethje after Khabib couldn't fight. Um, But I just, I really, I was very impressed and kind of like, uh, I don't know, I just found a lot of respect for Tony Ferguson after I read about that, that he was all down. Um, uh, No one in the UFC really deserves more of a shot than Tony Ferguson, really. Um, You know, just he's been waiting forever. Uh, This has been scheduled six times, even before Khabib was champion or Tony was um, interim champion. You know, it was just the people want to see this fight. And it's uh, it's really sad that it's probably not going to happen for a while now because um, Khabib's unlikely to fight until August or September, just as he takes extra time to get into fighting shape, especially after uh, Ramadan. Um, and Tony wants if like if he wants to wait until fall or late summer to fight, um, then you know that he could take Khabib. But if he doesn't want to wait and he wants to fight now, then he should definitely uh, fight Gaethje on Fight Island. Wow, which once again we'll get into Fight Island because it's it's a great great idea I think. Um, also to kind of get into Justin Gaethje, um, he he's uh, he's got a couple pass he could go down in this situation because he's you know he's not just a guy that they threw in there you know he he's a fighter and seriously one of the most competitive weight classes in the whole UFC that deserves a chance. Um, if he fights Tony, you know, um, he it would be a good fight for him. It'd be good cred. But um, if he doesn't fight Tony, and Tony wants to fight Khabib, um, he could also fight Conor McGregor, and the winner of that fight could go on to fight the champion. Um, and Gaethje, uh, if he if he fights McGregor and he wins, you know, McGregor's got that money making name. He could definitely just kind of throw th- like just throw himself even maybe above Tony Ferguson um, for for a chance at the title if he, you know, fought and beat McGregor. I don't know. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but it was still, it would be, I think, for Gaethje, if um, Tony Ferguson does fight Khabib, rather than waiting, um, I would take the McGregor fight to not only get my name out there, but um, also kind of, You know, just display yourself. Really just show that you're here. Um, I think Gaethje could beat McGregor. He's just just like McGregor. He's just like he has this knockout ability, and he just throws hard. So, you know, if he was able to knock out Conor McGregor, that would be insane. You know, he would would be right away like one of the top contenders um, for Khabib's title at lightweight. Um, unfortunately though, um, even though he has earned his title shot, you know, a lot of other fighters in the division have earned it as well. Um, just in the two that we've been talking about is, uh, Tony Ferguson hasn't lost since 2012. You know, nobody doesn't deserve it more than he does. And Connor is the, Connor McGregor is the most profitable name in the UFC. And especially after defeating Cowboy in uh, recent times, uh, to climb the rankings, many other people want to see, uh, Khabib versus Connor as well. Um, like, again, because, you know, when you go back and you watch the Khabib versus Conor fight, yeah, Khabib won the fight, um, especially with his takedowns, but, you know, standing up, it wasn't, like, a, like, complete mauling, Conor McGregor held his ground, you know, no no matter what other people say, he did hold his ground and, uh, just kind of keep his fight alive, uh, and Gaethje, you know, just being the fighter he is, he'll have to, he'll have to make the most of whatever fight he can get, um, and a fight with Connor, like I said, could prove more profitable and propel his name higher on the rankings to give him a title shot. But if I'm Gaethje, I'm seriously just taking anything that's offered to me right now, really, um, just because you you really don't know what's gonna happen. It's it's a time of uncertainty right now, especially with sports, but also in the entire world. Um, you know, because if the UFC does what uh, these writers have been thinking or have been uh, saying, and what I personally think. Um, then you know if they keep promoting Tony Ferguson, if they kind of keep him up there to kind of keep the hype between him and Khabib alive, then you know if he ends up fighting uh, Justin Gagey instead of Khabib, um, that could be a huge fight for for Justin Gagey as well. So he's he's in a good good position um, to find his way in a championship fight, but he also has a lot of big names surrounding him. It's a it's it's all it's like it's a blessing but also a curse because if he fights Tony Ferguson, he loses. Then he he's washed out, or if he fights Conor McGregor and he loses, he's washed out. So you know, and you just kind of have to pick your your you pick your poison there. And you know, do you want to fight Tony Ferguson or do you want to fight Conor McGregor? Either one has the ability to finish the fight right away, but so does he. So yeah, you just you don't know. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of uncertainty, but it's a really great division, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how it works out. Um, and Tony Ferguson's already a superstar or he's already a star, but I, you know, if the UFC could really push him to become the superstar that he really should be, um, it would just, it would be a, a just a, an amazing fight for him and Khabib, um, so I wanted to get on to Fight Island, uh, I really, I was listening to the radio the other day with my dad and we were just kind of hanging out and there was somebody on the radio on the Jim Rome show, um, and they were t- calling in talking about uh, how Dana White's stupid for wanting to do Fight Island um, and that it's a really dumb idea and that he should never have thought about that. and He should really just not even think about it. Um, I think I feel like that's a little bit much. Um, I think Fight Island's a great idea, even if it's not for the purpose of keeping them isolated from other people and um, the possibility of spreading the coronavirus. I think it's also just a great idea. Period. I think if you have a, a place solely dedicated to UFC, to you know, fighting, whether or not you have boxing matches or anything like that, there either. Um, but you have an area that's solely dedicated to that. You could do unthinkable things with that. You could have, you know, just like a whole resort almost. Um, it'd be kind of like a, like a Jurassic World situation, you know, where they take over, they take the whole island and they make it all dedicated to one thing. That could be an absolute goldmine for the UFC. I think, you know, you have, you know, your your center of the Island, you know, or wherever they're going to have it. Um, and you put your Octagon there and you have this big venue there. Um, and then you have just other places around, you have gyms around the area for fighters to train in. Um, you, it's just like you could ha- you could do un- unthinkable things, uh, with Fight Island and the, the profits for the UFC could absolutely skyrocket. It, it could become like a WrestleMania for the UFC. Um, because the UFC already does uh, great things with the, their venues, like the the Taj Palace or the I think yeah I can't remember the name it's something Palace, um, where the UFC was going to hold their um, event originally in California, um, and that that whole that venue was good with them holding them there. They're, even with everything going around, they're like yeah you guys can come here, but um, eventually the the state wouldn't let it happen. But I I just I'm really okay. I'm cool with uh, the idea of Fight Island. I think it's a great idea. I think you could really make a ton of money off of it. And it's it's just it's something it's something that, you know, people are going to rant like are going to really rag on for a while um, because of everything going on right now. But if Dana White decides to make it. A place just solely dedicated to fighting, and he has like, two or three, you know, big fights there, and with like amazing cards. Then you know he could, you can make so much money off of that. Um, the only problem is would be getting people there. But I mean, some people, if they buy their tickets, they're gonna find their way to get there. You know, people travel all across the country, all across the world, to see some of these fighters fight. So. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think it's a great business uh, idea. And I think it's just, a, it'd be really unique. You know, I don't think any other place has really had um, one center for fighting, for their thing. You know, and that doesn't mean that they would have fights there every single time. You know, it wouldn't be, you know, uh, two, UFC 250 is that Fight Island. UFC 251 is that Fight Island. You know, they'd move around, obviously, but it'd be a really cool venue. Um, and you could just do a lot of great things with that. So I'm totally on board with that. And I think uh, I think with this whole situation, with the whole lightweight championship, with Tony Ferguson, Khabib, Gaethje, and Conor McGregor, I think it's a really great situation. I think it's awesome for the UFC. I think it's awesome for um, ESPN and all the sports uh, networks kind of. Uh, broadcasting it and taking care of it and, you know, letting people know about it. I think it's a great thing. Um, unfortunately, you know, none of these fights are going to happen soon, um, which is just really too sad because, you know, it felt like that was all that was left um, after all these sports have gone away from us, but we'll see what happens. Dana Dana White's been so, um, so persistent with trying to get this fight going. I mean, it'll be six times that this fight's been scheduled um, if they try it again. Uh, between Tony Ferguson and Khabib, and he's been very persistent, and he really wants to make it happen, um, and I think he will eventually. I think you know the cards will all fall in place finally, and it'll just happen, and we'll we'll get our we'll get our winner of that fight. But we'll we'll see soon. But it'll be, it'll be a great uh, a great fight either way. Uh, just the whole the, the UFC events are always so good. Um, just the, the fighting, uh, like the fighting styles, the people who are fighting, the whole venue. It's just it's a great thing. Um, and it's just, it brings it a lot of money, a lot of publicity, and it's, I don't think it'll, it'll, uh, I don't think this is going to really tank it at all. I think it's just going to keep growing from here. And like I said, if Fight Island becomes a real thing, it, it'll just, it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, we're going to take a break real quick and I'll see you in about 30 seconds. All right. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is the second half of the podcast, it might sound a little bit different. Um, it's because I'm actually recording this like a week, uh, later than the first part. Um, I was trying to kind of get this episode, all structured and everything on the format that I use, Anchor. You guys hear about it every day, um, or every podcast at least. And um, it just wasn't working. The website's down or something, and their um, their service, their services, like their call services, are down because of the whole coronavirus. I don't know, but um, yeah. So we're just gonna be hopping into it. I've uh, figured out a way to get this podcast all set up and structured. So let's just get right into it. So we're gonna be talking about. Um, each division um, in the NFL and who's going to win it and, you know, just how I think it's going to play out and who is going to do well, who's going to do bad. Um, And yeah, so that's about it. So right now we're going to start with the AFC East. Um, I take the Bills this year and uh, also some of these divisions I already talked about in last week's episode, but I figured I would just go over them again and do every single division. Um, So that's why you might hear me say some things again that I said last week, but that's just for the... um, For the ability to get everything out, so um, I am taking the Bills. Uh, Just their defense is uh, insanely good. Um, Josh Allen just keeps progressing, and Diggs, like I said last week, is just um, adding on to an already pretty decent wide receiver core. Um, Even though the Patriots lost Tom Brady, um, and they basically only have Julian Edelman left, really um, on the offense. and They lost quite a few defensive players this year. I'm uh, I'm going to take them uh, over Miami. But Miami, actually, today, as of the 23rd of uh, April, they're, they've been trying to get uh, the Bengals' number one spot in the draft to maybe get Burroughs. So if that goes through, um, they have, I think, by tonight to get to it. Um, if that goes through and they get Burroughs, that might change a little bit because we don't know how Joe Burroughs will do. Um, and he'll probably go number one. But um, I don't know. It's all that's all in the in the works right now. But right now, I have the Patriots taking second over Miami, and the Jets just they're they're not it. <clears throat> um, the AFC North, I have the Ravens retaking the division. I don't think anybody really has um, anybody else in this division challenging them, unless Jackson, you know, just absolutely tanks, um, which is possible. I mean. He after his you know very good um, MVP season, which a lot of people say it's a, it's a historic MVP season. Um, he was named the Madden twenty Madden twenty one uh, cover athlete, and you know if you're if you're somebody who likes the NFL, but also likes uh, jokes and stuff, there's a thing called the Madden curse that goes around to where whatever player um, gets put on the cover of uh, Madden the video game, which is the NFL's uh, football video game um then they end up doing bad and historically that's how it's gone but uh as of last season Patrick Mahomes um was actually you know he was a cover athlete he ended up winning the Super Bowl so I don't know we'll see um I'm just that's I'm not basing the Ravens winning off of the Madden curse but I'm just saying I just think it's a funny joke um, but I do think that Jackson is just going to continue to thrive and get better. Um, I don't know how many seasons he'll last playing at this level. His throwing has gotten better. So you might see um maybe three or four years down the line, maybe even five, um, of maybe his running kind of going down a little bit and him throwing more. But he's he's not – he he wasn't a terrible, you know, passer last year. Um And he just get, gets better. And uh, you even saw week one after he had, like, I think it was like 400 yards or something. Um total uh jackson just you know talking about how everybody's calling him a running back instead of a quarterback or no he had four touchdowns not 400 yards but either way he, he had a very good uh season passing wise as well as running so um i think the ravens honestly right now in the afc uh the best team they're the best team to challenge the chiefs um i'm kind of sad that they didn't see each other in the playoffs but the titans were just on they were on an unbelievable run but it, they might see each other next year if they, if they both make it um I'm having the Browns take a second place for me. Um, with their new additions, like Cooper, um, just like as a, a big name, uh, the Browns have an offense on paper. It's it's a force to be reckoned with, um, and their defense is pretty solid, but uh, they just really got to pull it all together. They have a lot of talent on that offense that they could just really they, – they could surprise some people by winning some games if they could get them all to click, but – We'll see. I was really disappointed last season, yeah, but um, you you even saw it in their, their uh, game against the Patriots. Uh, with the Patriots' defense being so good, you know the Browns they weren't amazing, but they did pull off some big plays. Nick Chubb um, definitely showed that he's uh, he's one of the best running backs in the league. So they can get Baker back into it, and they can he can get OBJ and Jarvis back into it, and Hooper in there, and Najoku's uh, been hurt a little bit, but if he can get back on the field, it'll be a it'll be a nightmare offense for sure. Um, the Steelers, for me, they're kind of like in the middle of the road. Um, I don't really see them being much of a threat to win the division or really take second place. But they're just kind of a team to where you know, if you beat them, it's nothing to brag about. But if you lose to them, it's it's a disappointing loss. So we'll see. Um, they they I don't know how, what they're gonna do um, in the draft this year. Um, for they could they probably want to get a quarterback. Their defense doing pretty solid. Um, uh, but I don't know. They I think quarterback's really their their big need right now. And the Bengals suck. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> if they don't trade their uh, their number one spot to Miami for some amount of picks or players, um, then I think they're taking Burroughs tonight. But I don't. Uh, I don't see them doing anything other than fourth place. <clears throat> uh, the AFC South. Um, I'm taking the Texans. Uh, they're just the better team. I feel in the division. They they're just they're better than every other team. Um, even though Houston took a huge loss with, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but they did gain Brandon Cooks. The contract doesn't really help him out that much, but, uh, Cooks is a great athlete. Um, he's just shown in, in and out. Um, he's really quick. He's got the hands for it. But, um, Deshaun Watson could be a breath of fresh air for Cooks. Um, even though, you know, uh, Jared Goff wasn't like, you know, a hundred years old, he, uh, he could be very inconsistent and Deshaun Watson's not terrible. He can make some pretty big plays um, when you need him to, and he's just a magician when it comes to scrambling. Um, and is also a nice compliment to Cook, says both of them are insanely fast. So, you know, you could have three DBs on him, but, you know, if they make one cut and the other makes another cut and they're both going at top speed, you know, you're just not going to catch them. <clears throat> uh, the Colts, I don't really see Rivers making that much of a splash in the division. He might bring a little bit um, of new life to the Colts just with his uh, – his veteran status, um, but I don't really see uh, the Colts doing that much better. I think they are going to need a, another receiver, a defensive player um, on their team because with Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton, I mean, it's not a terrible offense. Um, it could, they could definitely put up some numbers um, if they all have their good days, but T.Y. Hilton has a tendency to um, disappear on the field sometimes or he just gets injured. Um, Phillip Rivers has a tendency to make very terrible decisions but um, they also have the ability to have huge impacts on the game just because they're, they're, they're that good. But we'll see how it goes. I don't really see them um, winning the division. Uh, the, Jackson, the Jags have lost every single uh, part of their no-fly zone crew. Um, that took them all the way to the AFC Championship. Um, I think they're just going to tank and attempt to develop some of the young talent, maybe get a high draft pick. <clears throat> but I don't really see the, uh, the Jags. Doing that much, you know, they they had their time, and they didn't do well with it. If they had a different quarterback than Blake Bortles at the time, they might have been able to um, beat the Patriots in that AFC championship, but it's just uh, not happening for Jacksonville. Um, the Titans, will they went all, the, like, all out on money with uh, Tannehill, but if they can't get Derrick Henry back, they're probably going to struggle. Um, Tannehill has the ability to take the Titans um, to a win, like he did against Kansas City during the regular season. Um, I'm not saying that he single-handedly did it, but he had some insane plays during the end of that game where he just, he even if he didn't throw it, he just tucked the ball and just went, you know. And he he just didn't care. He was just he was giving it everything he got. So he you can see you know he'll bring that to the table. He is getting a little bit older though. He's in his thirties, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I but I think they're definitely going to need to get Derrick Henry back if they want to make a make a run like they did uh, in last season. Uh, now on to the AFC West. Um, Kansas City, I, you know, I, I doubt they'll be on a Super Bowl hangover. Um, if any team from the Super Bowl is going to be on a Super Bowl hangover, I think it's going to be um, San Francisco, but I'll get into that in a minute. Um, Kansas City, I think they're just going to stay hot. Um, I, like I said, I doubt a Super Bowl hangover is going to happen. They just they, – they have – all, all the they have it all. You know their defense at the beginning of the season wasn't amazing, but as the season went on, their defense uh, eventually was able to match their offense because you know they were getting shootouts quite a bit, and you don't always want to do that. And once their defense kind of picked it up, they just became an unstoppable force. The Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers, um, all, all, they all have their spots to shine, but none of them really have any anything in order to challenge KC at all. I don't see any of them making the playoffs um, at all, just like the Chargers. They they obviously lost um Phillip Rivers and you know, they have uh Austin Eckler, but I just I just don't see it happening for any of those teams. The Raiders or the Broncos, it's just not it's not happening. Maybe maybe in the future, but not now. Um now we're into the NFC, uh and we're gonna go to the NFC West. Um, I'm taking the Niners again. I did say that um it's possible for a Super Bowl hangover, but I doubt it. Um the Niners, in my opinion, they were, you know, just the most complete team in the NFL. Um I thought they just really had every spot um, filled that, you know, had a playmaker in it. Um, But in my opinion, uh, the NFC West is one of the better divisions in the NFL. I wouldn't say it's the best division anymore, um, but it's definitely one of the uh, the better divisions. Um, Seattle and San Fran, like I said, they're just always—or now, San Fran usually isn't, but now they're one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, And Seattle with Wilson just always finds themselves in the wild card of the divisional, Um, just purely off Russell Wilson. Um, Arizona is a very young team on the rise um, with good talent, but I just I don't really see them taking the division away from the Niners. And the Rams are just going to have a tough season after um, all the players that they've lost, and they're just kind of left with Jared Goff. Um, it's definitely going to be a test to see um, if Sean McVay is uh, truly the next good coach, but we'll see. Headed into the NFC North, um, I'm going to take Green Bay to win this division. Uh, Minnesota's just, they've gotten weaker on defense, and I just don't see them challenging Green Bay. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think, it isn't, he, he can be a good quarterback, but he's just not very consistent. And uh, with the loss of Stefan Diggs, you know, they still have Adam Thielen and, uh, and Cook, but it's just not, I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a very good season last season. Um, he was an MVP candidate for about the first half of it. Um, and I think he's just gonna continue to do that, um, I, or he's gonna tank because um, he could be on the decline. But I don't see it happening anytime soon. So I'm taking Green Bay just, and I think Rodgers is gonna stay hot and carry them to the divisional, uh, the division win. Um, Chicago, they just need to get it together on offense and defense. Um, you know, just a couple of years ago, their defense was an absolute f- just force to be reckoned with, uh, but it's just falling apart. Um they also need to decide what the hell they're gonna do with Trubisky. Um if they're gonna draft a quarterback tonight or whatever they're gonna do, but they need to figure it out. Um and Detroit will continue their sad time of no Super Bowl and barely any playoff runs. Um Matt Stafford, he's a great quarterback. Um uh, but I, it's just not happening for Detroit. I don't know what's wrong, but it's just it's just not happening. Um and we're gonna go to the NFC East. Um as a Cowboys fan, this division is a dumpster fire. Um, I, I love the Cowboys, but I hate watching this division because every team sucks. Um, it's like I said, it's the worst division of football, probably. Um, and it may continue to be if the Eagles and Cowboys don't put it together. Um, cause really those two rosters, are, they're pretty talented. Um, but they're just, it's, it's really sad to see them struggle based off of the, the talent on their rosters. They just really need to pull it together. Um, Washington will continue to rebuild, and with Kyle Allen and Ronald Darby being their best signings, they're going into a positive direction. I I really like Kyle Allen. I thought he did pretty pretty decent for Carolina last year. You know, he challenged the Saints in their last game against them. But I'm not sure if anybody really took Kyle Allen seriously, as he was just uh, he was a backup for Cam Newton. But he did make Carolina his own um, for a while there. And who knows? Maybe he'll maybe he'll build something new in Washington. I hope not, because I want the Cowboys to win the division. But um, I do like Kyle Allen, and Ronald Darby's a good signing for them. Um, <clears throat> And the Giants, they have a young and talented squad. Um, but Saquon really needs to get back to form if the team wants to get better. And Saquon didn't do awful. He didn't do awful, but um, he barely broke a thousand yards, and he had a uh, thirteen games under him this year. He br- barely broke a thousand yards, which is still pretty good after um, playing in thirteen games. He had six touchdowns in thirteen games, but um, he just had he had some awesome games, and then he had some terrible games. There was a week where he had, I think it was in two weeks, he had like twenty eight yards total in two games. You can't do that, and there was one game where he had like one yard. You know, you don't want your running back doing that, but I, we'll we'll see um Daniel Jones wasn't amazing by any means but um he wasn't terrible he threw 24 touchdowns and had uh 12 interceptions and 3,000 yards which isn't terrible um so he he could grow into something for the Giants but um I don't see them really drafting a quarterback over to Daniel Jones I don't think he's he's that bad I think they'll do just fine with him which you know as a Cowboys fan like I said I really don't want them to but Whatever, (laughs) And now we're going to finish up with the NFC South, which I think is the best division in football um, right now, just roster-wise, because we don't know how any of these teams will play, but um, roster-wise and basically legacy-wise, really, um, there's a lot of talent in this division. Um, We're just going to start from uh, Atlanta, and then we'll get all the way down to Tampa Bay. Um, but uh, Falcons, it's they they were they were disappointing last season. I'm not gonna lie, they were kind of like the Browns for me. I was really hoping that they would uh, they would put up some numbers. You know, Matt Ryan being a decent quarterback and Julio Jones being one of the best athletes the NFL's ever seen. Um, I was really disappointed. Um, I really hope they get it back to form because they because really um, if the if all four of these teams perform the way that on paper they should perform, could it, it, this division would be absolutely crazy. Um, but you know, I really hope that uh, maybe Todd Gurley finds a new stride in Atlanta, um, because they could really just be a really uh, a really insane force to be reckoned with. Um, next is Carolina um, with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I feel like for some reason any team that Teddy Bridgewater's on just gets better. Um, he was on he was on the Vikings as their starting quarterback, and they were a playoff team when he he went uh, undefeated for the Saints when he was a starting quarterback while Drew Brees was out. Um, he's just he's a solid quarterback. Um, I think Carolina did a great job at adding him. Um, and I don't think he's going to slow down. I think he's he's just a very he's a very solid quarterback. He's a very smart quarterback. So um, yeah, Carolina got a really good pickup up there. Um, next up is New Orleans. After re-signing Drew Brees, um, I find New Orleans being one of the better teams. I'm going to pick them to win um, the division. But, um, they're just with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, uh, and Michael Thomas, you know, that that offense right there is just better. Um, than just about any offense in the NFL, maybe. Um, I, with Jared Cook, even, you know, you just have some really – and uh, also Emmanuel Sanders they just added um, a couple weeks ago. You know, you have a lot of uh, a lot of talent there and a lot of veteran status. You know, a lot of those players um, – I think the, the smallest amount of time that any of those – you know, a lot of those players um, – I think the, the smallest amount of time that any of those players have been playing is like four years, you know. They're, they're all really coming into it. So um, I think they're going to win the division. And But I think they're going to be neck and neck with uh, Tampa Bay if Tampa Bay plays the, the way everybody wants them to play. Because, um, you know, we already talked about it last week with Tom Brady being there with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then just two days ago, Gronkowski uh, decided to sign with Tampa Bay to have a, a, a reunion with Tom Brady, which... I'm a little skeptical of, okay? And I'll tell you why, okay? So when you are a professional athlete, and I'm not a professional athlete, but this is just fact. When you're a professional athlete, especially in football, it's a constant grind 24-7. And uh, Gr- Robin Gronkowski is an insane athlete, and he's a very big guy. But, you know, it's that repetitive, you know, it's hitting every day, it's getting the reps in every day. And, like, you know, Gronk hasn't been training this whole time. There's been no coverage that I've seen of him training this whole time, you know, and you're going to lose a lot of muscle mass once you stop doing that. And Gronk's still a big guy, you know, but I don't know how he'll he'll perform again, you know, just going one year off. You know, one year can change everything. It can change everything about your career. So, you know, being as, you know, as dominant of an athlete as he was, you know, you're not, you know, there's no guarantee that he's going to, you know, just go back and be right back into form. So we'll see and with Cameron brait being on the uh, on the roster i didn't really i didn't really understand the pickup i mean he is Rob Gronkowski you know he's one of the best ever but i mean what are you gonna do with Cameron brait you could do a double tight end set, but i mean you got o j Howard too I mean, what like was there was the pickup of gronk like that that important or could you maybe have you know used the money that you signed him to to get something else? But I don't know. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not the GM, but I don't know if the, the Gronk signing was that um, integral to Tampa Bay success, but it might be. It might be. Um, I don't know. I just I don't really see it being that um, that that effective. But then again, I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. It's um it's definitely interesting though, and it just shows um, that Rob Gronkowski is also one of those people who can do whatever he wants. You know, he can be winning the Super Bowls with New England one season, and then resign or then uh, sign with the WWE and uh, perform in WrestleMania. I didn't watch any of it, but you know, I know what happened. And then you know, like a week later, he's signing with another team in the NFL. You know, so it's it's very impressive. <laughs> you know, um, but I don't think it'll be that much of an impact, really. It could be. Once again, it could be, but I I doubt it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode ten of the Boom Team podcast. These first ten episodes, I've had a blast doing. I really like doing them. Um, it wasn't like week to week like I wanted it to be, but you know the the schedule kind of fall the way it falls. And you know with everything that's been happening right now, it's just um, I've been trying to really focus on this to just kind of pass my time. But um, And I hope you guys are all staying safe out there. Um, Hopefully we'll have an episode out tomorrow or in the next couple days about the the draft and um, how I think these players are going to affect their teams. Um, I'm probably going to do maybe the top 10 um, who went. And if there's some players, like if somebody like, say, Tua, you know, drops to like 23 and he gets picked up by New England, um, then I'll maybe do about that. But the big names of the draft I'll be talking about. And we'll just be talking about the future of these players and their teams that they'll be on. And, um, yeah, uh, thanks you guys for tuning in and I'll see you guys on the flip side.